along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second half of Ghost Chronicles two-hour radio. Oh, two hours. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and I've been doing this for 20 years. God bless us. Anyways... (laughs) Ah, with me is my co-host, back from her vacation in the Bahamas. It is Hosnecks in the Bahamas? I I wish. Uh, Anyways, the blonde bombshell in Kerrigan. Hey, everybody. No, Horseneck Beach is not in the Bahamas, but it's my own little little slice of paradise, you know? Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot more rocks than they have in the Bahamas. I'll tell you I'm that sure much. There is. I'm sure there is. <laughs> but had a great week. So That's good. Well worth it. Yeah, we missed you. We missed Aww, you. Aw, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, had Leslie on last week, I believe. And we, oh, I was going to ask you. Yeah, it went good. It went, went fine. Awesome. But I have somebody who I haven't spoken to for quite a while, and she is one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite persons, actually, even though I've never personally met her. And she is Paula Ventura. Hello. Hey. One day we will meet in person, perhaps is that around a the seance in Salem or a cemetery somewhere in New England. <laughs> I could just see it happening. That would be yeah. awesome. Visualize You've it. never met in person? No, in all these years, oh my we've, God. Been, we've become friends, I think. I, I think, think we've been friends. I think. Swapping <laughs> stories and all that. Yeah. Yes, no, we've yes. never met in person. I, actually, you came up the other night because I was um, on, uh, on Jeff's uh, Speakeasy. Yes. Which I, and I had watched you on it. Um, oh, God uh, bless you. Two, two weeks before that or something. Oh, it was, yes. it was really funny. So um, I was saying that you know one of these times when I'm when travel is permitted again, yeah, right. I'll come to New England and we can have a proper um, Gothic dinner or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or we could go to Chicago or wherever the hell you are. Yeah, I'm not in Chicago, but I'd meet you there. <laughs> Why would she be in Chicago? You're in California, right? I you know what about um, she moved four five years ago almost. But as I told Jeff four winters ago, I going into my fifth winter, I moved to Minnesota. Minnesota, oh, there it is. Yeah, I knew yeah. it was north of Minneapolis, the godforsaken part of the country. Uh, yeah. So well, you know it's cold when people from New England are like, "Oh, it's so cold." I uh, know. I just I've never heard anything warm about Minnesota. It's hot right now. That's oh, for sure. That's oh, yeah, but, it's right now. Wonderful. You got the Vikings there though. We do have the Vikings, and we have quite a few Vikings, might I add. So that's what I mean. You, I like got, it, Anne. <laughs> you, Sounds you, pretty good to me. <laughs> you got the uh, that mysterious stone they dug up there, the rune stone. Oh, where? I don't know about that. What? 
Viola Ventura I'm doesn't know something. We're friends because you always enlighten me every every Viola time. Ventura. We should talk more often. Yeah, often, yes, <laughs> or often, as we say. Anyways, yes. <laughs> we just drop uh, the tea. Yeah, just drop. Often. Often. Mm-hmm. Yep. Often. It rhymes with coffin. Okay, so <laughs> there you go. You brought up the tea, which is really important to me, because. I am on a crusade and will be on a crusade to my dying day to correctly pronounce tarot cards. Because we all know that throughout the years, people have been mispronouncing those damn cards for 150 years. They're calling them tarot cards. Like like they are tarot. Because they are like, you know, that would be like carol syrup. It is. It's it's tarot. Just like carrot. R-O-T <laughs> the is root word is actually tarak or taraka, which is an Italian, uh, go, the Italian word. There you go. So if you want to just settle the argument, you can just start, start calling them tarak. No, tarak, I would call right. them tarakas because that's how it's spelt and that's the way it shall be pronounced <laughs> until my dying day. Like Oraja? Oraja board? Oraja, yes. <laughs> It's a Ouija board. Ouija board. Uh It's from the Italian. Little Ouija. It's from the Italian. Ouija board. Ouija board. What What about Worcester? It's Worcester. Oh, yeah. That I won't touch. I I just try not to say it too often. (laughs) It's always funny, though. Moving here, there are all of these names of places that, you know, you grow up in an area and you're used to saying it. Like, for example, I grew up in Nevada City and and the state of Nevada. But you can always tell people who basically grew up on the other side of the Rockies because they say Nevada. But everyone on on the west of the Rockies says Nevada. And when I moved here to Minnesota, there are all of these names of streets and businesses and things like that and you know people would giggle so so riddle me this how come yeah. if we if we talk in whatever our dialect is whatever our, our local accents are in other parts of the country people make fun of us but if we get somebody from freaking England or Ireland or Scotland come over here they're like and thrall with it. Oh, you're English. Oh, this is not like what's up with that? It's sexy. How is it sexy? <laughs> I don't know. It's just some foreign language. I think Why any foreign language sex- is sexy. Well, I, I I think it's funny. That's a funny that's a funny thing because um most people in specific regions do not think they have an accent. Right. It's people who visit them who think that they have an accent. Like I'd never really thought that I had any kind of an accent until I heard two of my two friends on two separate occasions on the radio. And I thought it was me. And I thought, (laughs) well, that's really strange. My friend Rachel sound just like me on a recording. That's really strange. And then um, a friend of mine who is from Michigan said, oh, yeah, you and Rachel, you all you guys all um, have the same accent. And I thought, accent we're from northern california what sort of accent could we have but sure enough when you when when i heard somebody else who sounded like me i thought oh yeah i guess we do we have our own 
certain words we pronounce the same and, and, you know, way of, way of saying things. So mm. everyone has an accent if they're not from, you know, your town pretty That's much. That's right. right? <laughs> That's exactly pretty right. Pretty much. Exactly right. Although I have met one person who has absolutely zero accent. Um, and that would be Brian Cano. How can and you have a zero accent? Excuse he me. He has zero accent. He's how can you a, have a zero accent? How do, how do you know born, what a zero accent sounds like? He doesn't sound like he comes from anywhere. He is a so he's born, alien. He's born in New York. I'm like, how do you have a, no New York accent? Yeah. And he had voice training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's a there is that. There is a sort of generic dialect that actors and actresses try and nail down for general or radio commercial where you know you can always tell when it's locally produced because the people with the voiceover will have a bit of the regional accent but yeah you're right there's that training to kind of you know i guess carry grantify all of the voices or something (laughs) yeah it's it's unusual that's, but I, I commented on That's that to weird. him one time, and he's like, Mute. voice train. It's, it's just, yeah. The only one I can think of. He's an alien. <laughs> he's a nice alien. Say. Yeah. What, <laughs> he might be a nice guy, but he, never mind. He's got a funny accent. You <laughs> surprised the hell out of me on paranormal whatever that crap is on the TV. Anyways, moving right along. We'll move along. (laughs) So I spot, apparently. Touched nervously. Everything is a source. I'm a little jealous of uh, the Irish accent there, Ron. Oh, I love it, actually. I would sell my (laughs) firstborn son for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm telling Ronnie. You can. Yeah. I remember when Gavin Cromwell came over from the UK, and I said, Gavin, you're the son I never had. Oh, wow. <laughs> my son, son was right there. Yeah, that would work. Nice. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm such a good guy. Rumpel Stelskin of you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I love it. All right. So, Vala, let's, let's talk about you. How you been? I've been, I've been doing okay. It's, um, you know, weird times for everyone. So, um, yeah, as, as writers, or I, I think for you guys, you know, as, as radio hosts and writers, there's some things that kind of continue on the same. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time alone writing, so that aspect of it hasn't changed. Um, Anything special? In some ways, that feels even weirder to just be sort of continuing on. Um, actually, I've, I've, I've worked on a couple of books. I've had to sort of pivot because I was really getting a lot of writer's block or just sort of like uh, very little inspiration. So I took um, actually this workshop with a local writing group here. And the first thing the woman said is that in times, like extreme times, whether it's a personal some something personally has happened to you or you are experiencing, you know, just part of the whole global pandemic, uh, but things are not the way that they normally are. People's schedules are different. And she said the, the best thing to do creatively is often just to completely pivot and not try and do what you've been working on. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was trying to like plow forward and work on things and none of them felt right. And I was really struggling. Um, plus, 
I spend a lot when I'm researching a book, I spend a lot of time in the library. <laughs> and oh. so that's happening in different libraries and such. You know, I like to go to the historical libraries or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't like to find all my sources exclusively online. And, oh. you know, I just, it just, it's a, it, online is such a, Crap so infinite. <laughs> hard to narrow it down, right? Right. Yeah, it's a crap shoot. Yeah, yeah, it's a crap shoot. It really is, because people can doctor things up. And anyway, mm-hmm. so, um, so my pivot was actually I have been writing a bunch of short horror stories, um, loosely based on you know, personal feelings, experiences, or just dark thoughts that I've had, and it's been very cathartic. Um, so I've been doing that as I am still working on. I have two. I call them nonfiction. I feel like, um, you know, we're sort of spirituality, paranormal, nonfiction, kind of not technically fiction. Um, but one is about magical plants and in folklore and mythology. And the mm-hmm. other is about um, pirates. I'm still working on the pirate book. Oh. So. Love it. We love pirates, don't we, Ron? Yes, we do. Yes, yes we do. you do. I we know. haven't been pirates in a long time. <laughs> We haven't been anything for a long have time. Their Renaissance again, so oh, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna hold on. I'm I'm holding I'm holding fast for that oh, one. Oh, that's great. Oh, I'm, I'm cool. So I'm just gonna you know ride it out. Haha, <laughs> sail, sail on. And um, I, I think it probably needs a bit of of work anyway. And it's definitely a fun project that is fun to research. But even I that, I was just. I was just feeling very disheartened. Um, uh, however, I had a, a wonderful last year. I went to Ireland and spent Ooh. some time around the castles of Grace O'Malley. Um, and if you don't know about Grace O'Malley, she is the was known as the Pirate Queen of Ireland. And her story is absolutely amazing. Essentially, she ruled the west coast of Ireland. Her father was a merchant and uh, fighting often against the English and English taxes. And um, he was known to kind of, you know, do battle, but he wasn't really considered a pirate. Mm -hmm. And the story is, the legend is, that when she was about 11 years old, she very much wanted to join his ship and his crew. And he told her, no, that um, she couldn't, she was a girl and her hair would just get tangled up in the ropes, you know, kind of made a exciting <laughs> remark like that. So Grace O'Malley, the night as her father was setting, getting set to sail off and um, do battle with the English. And then I think the Spanish, there was a Spanish armada that was coming up to meet him to defeat this, um, some of the King's army. Um, she cut off all of her hair <gasps> and stowed away. Ooh. And basically burst out on on deck, and he had to teach her how to use a sword right then and there. And ah. was born the pirate queen. And there are these incredible stories. Um, there's a woman who did a pretty extensive book, which I purchased when I was in Ireland. I, I had a hard time, other than I think you can get it on Amazon, but I had a hard time um, tracking it down here in any bookstores. And it's just, it's she's sort of the, it's the definitive. Um, Grace O'Malley. But one of the other stories is that she she was pregnant and um, she gave birth on board the ship. 
And the story is that she had she had just had her son the day before, and she was lying down with him down down in her quarters, and the ship was invaded, and she could hear the battling going on overhead. And so one of the crewmen ran down and said, "Grace, Grace, you know we we need you. That we're, we're losing." <laughs> and she was so infuriated that they had like woken her up from this snuggly slumber with her beautiful new little baby that she charged up furious proceeded to sort of slice through all of the enemy (laughs) led her entire crew to victory and then railed them all for disturbing her and then went back down and rested with her son nothing (laughs) like the wrath of a woman (laughs) so their stories about her are varied and endless but she is quite Quite the character. So it did kind of make me rethink that maybe the approach to the pirate book for me was going to be um, exploring a little bit more of the um, the the female pirates that we don't know about. Because here I was, you know, a, a grown woman with a pirate fetish, and I had never heard of her. So I thought, surely others like me. <laughs> I've never heard of her. This is so awesome. Oh, so oh, we 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 of course have have our own. Uh, pirate woman pirate here in new england oh yes what's her name you're gonna ask me that when i don't have anything in front of me <laughs> oh, okay okay i can look it up during the break because uh yeah she uh oh what the hell was her name now oh damn that irritates me do you mean i have to look no, we had a pirate woman what do you mean you don't know oh is that break time no <sighs> No. Oh, yeah. Likely. Ron's like ready to bail. Oh, are you going to play like vintage, vintage, classic bazaars? Yes, we are. Oh, that's what I thought. Yes. Maybe you were talking about when I came on, but I wasn't sure. Yes. I was yes. thinking about that tonight uh, because I, um, I actually have my book that's that's marked up specifically with what I read and what I hadn't read, <laughs> so I wouldn't get mixed up. I have a whole note on the back of it that says which bits I'd I'd read. Oh, that's yeah, we, awesome. We, we uh yeah we do have that. Uh, I'm so excited about. I have to as soon as we're done. I'm I'm googling Grace O'Malley. I want to know O'Malley. all about her. Green you O'Malley. Yes. Not and want to so piss that's, off that's the mama great, bear, right? I'm completely inspired now to really refocus on that and and tell her story and the story of the other. Because um, I had in the book proposal, I had just a chapter dedicated to that, and um, I think it's a much much richer bigger topic story. than probably just pirates in general, right? How come we've never seen a movie about pirate queen Grace O'Malley? Yes, That's now, hold I, on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell the screenplay. <laughs> really? Start no, writing, Marlowe. Really story is absolutely incredible. Who shall we get to play the lead? Oh, she's got to have red hair, of course. Anyway, you still there? Yeah. Okay. Her name is Rachel Wall. Rachel I found it. Rachel Wall. So you want to know the story? Yeah. She was uh, New England's only woman pirate and the last woman to be hanged in Boston. Whoa. Ah. She was born Rachel Schmidt in Carlisle, Pennsylvania in 1760 of uh, devoutly Presbyterian, if you can say that, uh, parents. She left home at 16 because she loved the sea and wanted to live on the waterfront. Rachel Schmidt married 
George Wall, a fisherman, and they traveled to uh, New York, Philadelphia, and finally settled into Boston. The couple turned pirate in 1781 when they stole the vessel Essex and operated uh, actually near uh, the Isle of Shoals up here. Thing. So here's what they would do. They would um, uh, disguise the ship like it was in distress and wait for rough weather. And then uh, she would go up in the deck and, and, and ask for help. You know, they would mm. do things. So the ship would come in close and then they would uh, jump on the ship and uh, kill everybody and steal everything. So oh, they robbed uh, 12 ships and more than $12,000 in cash and killed 24 sailors. In uh, 1782, which is really funny, uh, George Wall died. And the way this happened is they actually got caught in a storm. (laughs) Ironic. Mm. And he drowned. Rachel was rescued, however. She went uh, back to uh, Boston and worked as a maid. Uh, Rachel Wall became notorious in Boston for stealing from the ships docked in Boston Harbor. And she uh, was reportedly... uh, repeatedly convicted of petty larceny. Uh, <laughs> finally, her life of crime came to an Who end. Said? <laughs> I know. All my life. So uh, finally, her life became to an end. This is the weird part, right? So she, she how many, she killed 24 guys. They sunk, uh, captured, what, 12 ships? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So on March 18th, 1789, Rachel Wall was accosted by a 17-year-old Margaret Bender on a public highway in Boston. Really? She took her bonnet worth what? seven shillings and put it on. Two weeks later, uh, they have the crime, and they're not going to go through it because I don't read that well anyways. Anyway, she was, she was uh, brought to trial for stealing the bonnet. And on August 25th, 1789, she was tried before the jury of the Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts and found guilty. And during the trial, she admitted to her crimes as a pirate, but denied the highway robbery. (laughs) I didn't take that damn bonnet. Anyways, on Thursday. I'm a pirate. What would I want with a bonnet anyway? I know it, damn you. (laughs) Liar. Girl to you. (laughs) So anyways, on October 8th, 1789, she was hanged along with William Smith and William Donogan in Boston Column. Common. Uh, Thousands of men, women, women, women and children and men came out to watch the official procession that wound through the streets. And uh, they heard the executions uh, sermon. And then finally, Rachel's last word as she stood up says, into the hands of almighty God, I commit my soul, relying on his mercy. I die an unworthy member of the Presbyterian Church in the 29th year of my age. And she, Hang on. So there you go. Wow. That's the story of Rachel Wall. Wow. Oh, do we know where she's buried? Oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> a simple no will suffice. <laughs> Look it up. Okay. Well, Fucking waggle it. Oh, great story. See, now we've learned of two impressive female yes. pirates. We hadn't hadn't heard of from each other, so that's very exciting. That's really I cool. Think so. I'm excited. I think that's very very cool. Oh, wonderful! They probably didn't bury. They're probably they're probably threw in the freaking ocean. I mean, who knows? You know. 
Well, we could hold a seance. <laughs> we'll call for the soul of Rachel. Rachel. That's such a great name, too. It, yeah, isn't, isn't Rachel, isn't there an actress? No, Rachel Wall. I'm thinking Rachel Ward is an actress. Rachel Wall is not an actress. Right? Rachel Wall. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, you can add that to you. Okay, I will, and I shall. I shall credit you as the source. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what we do is we we give um, we do pirate and ghost uh, cruises off for, to raise money for the friends. For One Portsmouth of the reasons Hobbit. I love you. <laughs> for Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, and we go by the Isle of Shoals, which is a haven for pirates, and uh, there's tons of stories up there. So, anyways, yep. So there you go. Anyway. Carry on. I said research trip. Yes, yes. That's that'll See, be my excuse. Finally... I actually need to take a research trip back to Ireland. Uh, <laughs> I <can> spend <laughs> enough time. Oh, but the her castle. So uh, this other great thing is that the one of the castles I I visited. Um, of Grace O'Malley's and the one that I visit, it's really kind of just more like a Rapunzel type turret. It wasn't like this huge, massive castle, but it was um, the one that she lived in later in life and that she died, she um, died in. Mm-hmm. And you can't go inside. I don't know if they're restoring it or, or what's happening. Um, when I was there, it was um, rather shuttered up, but it was great. There was like a rock that had castle painted on it with like white paint and an arrow. That's how I found it. <laughs> it's like castle to the right. And sure enough, there's Grace O'Malley's tower. But wow. it said that on the top floor, there's a hole that goes through um, the the wall, the, the holes in the stone so that you could, so her ship, it, it's essentially like kind of on this creek that flows out to the sea. And her ship would be moored and the long rope would come up into her castle. And it was said that it was tied around her bedstead. So if anybody tried to steal her cat, her ship in the night, it would pull her bed against the wall and wake her. <laughs> Bam. There you wake go. Wake up, girlfriend. They're stealing your ship. Oh, oh my gosh. That's funny. Amazing. <laughs> oh, you could just get a dog. Anyways, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles. What do you mean? Your dog barks at everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron right here on Tojina and Pararex Radio. And our special guest is Vala Ventura, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And of course, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. If that guy's bugging you because of this lockdown, well, hey, now's your chance to get rid of him. Go see him. <laughs> We'll be right back. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net. Or call 978-455-6678. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, 
Thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, the Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our super special guest tonight, who we haven't had on in a real long time, Varla Ventura. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's been a long time. I can't even remember. Well, it must have been when you had your last book out, which was Paranormal Parlor. Paranormal Parlor. Yes, um, and that was a couple of years ago now, three years ago, I think, two years at least. Oh, my goodness, Uh, yeah. i got to look up the copyright in here. Hold on, 2018. Copyright Okay, two years ago. (laughs) I feel I don't feel so bad bad now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorites. I mean, I love them all. I contributed to it. Yes, you certainly did. I certainly love it. The house that went to pot. <laughs> yeah. Farrell, dude. Oh, God. Anyways, for those who don't remember, Vala used to uh, contribute to our show on a regular basis yeah. when old Eric was here. Now, Eric's an oil, oil field guy, so he doesn't really? do this anymore. But, anyways, uh, we're going to do a blast. Eric. Blast from the past and uh, have a little bit of uh, Beyond Bizarre. So, Roy, can we play that now? Little Zombies. In Texas, the fire ant, one of the South's biggest pests, is facing a new predator of its own. Researchers at Texas A&M University have introduced a tiny forage fly, originally native to South America, to lay their eggs onto fire ants. These eggs hatch into maggots inside the ant and begin to eat away at the ant's brains, essentially turning the fire ants into tiny little zombies. The ants wander around for up to two weeks while the maggots eat away at their brains until the ants' heads fall off. Then. The maggot turns into a fly and is ready to start the cycle over again. A terrifying tidbit from Viola Ventura's Beyond Bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) I sound so young. Oh, God. (laughs) 
Now I'm, like, was... I'm like, why have we stopped playing these? And I'm like, oh yeah, they're gross. <laughs> terrifying. And they're not all that disgusting. They're not, what do you mean gross? That's not gross. gross. That's cool. Oh God. <laughs> I appreciate you guys have always been so good to me. I really appreciate all that support oh, wow. over the years. And I was thinking about that when I was, uh, what happened is I was cleaning my bookshelf and, um, one of my bookshelves and I was kind of moving all of, you know, when you're an author and you kind of get your author copies and then you give them out really, um, really liberally. And then you realize you don't have very many and you're going to have to pay for them. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I came upon my copy, um, both, I had a copy dedicated specifically, I even wrote it in Sharpie on the front so I wouldn't mix it up. Uh, that says, um, it says like the beyond bizarre. And then I think I put like Ron, I think I actually just wrote Ron, Ron Kolick on the front and then <laughs> Ghost Chronicles. And, it, and because the, with what I started doing is actually like marking and this is terrifying for people, but I started marking in the book because after a while we recorded so many of those, it was hard to remember what I had done, but then I felt bad about marking in the book. So the beyond bizarre, I, um, made like a, one of those post-its that has all the lines on it. Mm-hmm. And I attached that to the back and I just started writing down the ones that I had, I had, I had done and sort of like putting a post-it in there so that I wouldn't repeat myself. And, um, you know, I, I probably repeated myself. And then Eric was always so nice because he just said, you know, you can, if you mess up, just, stop and start over and so sometimes I would mess up and I would cuss and (laughs) he was very patient (laughs) yeah I uh I enjoy both those books in fact I still use stories from that in my newsletter um volunteer is beyond from whatever book it is and there's a little thing that's usually associated whatever the topic is in my newsletter but uh yeah they're they're awesome are the books still available Yes, yes. All the books are still available. Um, For a brief period of time, there was like some sort of strange edition that was hardcover of each of them. I know. I know it. I've been trying to track those down. Yeah, they're pretty hard to come by. You know, I don't, back in the day, because those books are several years old, back in the day, Barnes and Noble and a few other outlets used to do what's called a proprietary edition, right? And so you'd have the regular imprint, which from, which is wiser books with the regular imprint. And, and for all of the books that I've done with them, they're all, um, those uh, paperback with flaps. So they have those kind of, you know, flapped inside. So you can kind of use them as bookmarks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a jacketed hardcover would have, but minus yeah. the jacket part. And then one day I got in the mail a hardcover and it doesn't, it has a different imprint on it. And so it's been so long, I don't remember, but I believe it was a proprietary edition. It looks exactly the same, uh, but then it says Metro Books. And so I think it had something to do with um, a distributor either in Canada or possibly like a Barnes and Noble, like their own edition. And they did that with Beyond Bazaar, or the Book of the Bazaar and Beyond Bazaar. And I don't believe it's happened with any of the others. Um, so there are some rare hardcovers out there, but the rest of them are softcover. And they are all still available. I think the Mermaid one is probably the best-selling uh, but I get the best royalty rate on the Paranormal Parlor, so I recommend people buy that. 
<laughs> Please buy the paranormal file. Buy the paranormal file. And, and the fairy one also. The, the fairy one's fair, but the best royalty rate is on. You know, the more books you put out, the better, the higher, you know, you can negotiate. You get, you uh, get. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Fairy book? I don't think I have that book. You don't have fairies, pookas, and changelings? I have it. I will oh, make if Ann has it, I have it. It's not you my must life. Have it. No, it must Ron, be it. If Ron, Ann, Ann, if either of you are missing any of the books and you want them, just message me and I'll make sure that you get copies. Oh, no, I can't do that to you. You already sent me a copy. I'll uh, send them from the publisher. <laughs> well, I don't have the bizarre ones because okay. I think they were a little before. They're freaking awesome. They're the best. Did I, I say it out loud? <laughs> I have the Fairies, Pookas, Changelings, the Mermaids, and I have the Paranormal Parlor, which I love, love, love the cover of. Banshees, um, Werewolves, and Vampires. Oh, I don't have that one. That's a great one, too. I, I really enjoyed, that's one I really thoroughly enjoyed writing. If I were ranking them personally, I'd probably rank Paranormal Parlor. <laughs> Again, not just because of the royalty rate, but I really enjoyed writing that. Um, and then I really loved writing Banshees, Werewolves, and Vampires. Then probably Mermaids and the Fairies. The, to me, the, a lot of the research for those it w was simultaneous because mm -hmm. technically mermaids do fall in that fairy umbrella. And then, of course, the books of the bazaar were just they, they were they, they were books that I would have loved yeah, to have tons. read in, when I was a teen, you know, or yeah, um, exactly. a 12-year-old boy, really. It was kind of my demographic. <laughs> <laughs> they're fun books. They're great um, funny. bathroom books. Good bits, yeah. Uh, and people do like books that are, like, a little more non-committal. Because, you, like, you have Ghosts a Day. Yes, that's, that's my great, that's like, my bathroom book. Yep. Format of just like, no, you don't have to read this whole collection. Just nope. read a ghost a day. It's way less intimidating. And that's it's just kind of fun. It makes for a good dinner conversation or um, something to chat about with your colleagues or just, you know, you know, bust out these strange facts. And that's actually how the first book of the bazaar was born. Um because I was always gathering and, ha you know, just always interested in these sort of like strange stories and weird facts. And I was actually at a party spewing out random facts here and there. And a friend of mine said, you know, you've got so many of these. This would be a great book. And I was like, huh, I never thought about that. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> Light bulb. So, oh, that's funny. And yeah, what? But... so did you... We were always interested in these things. Like, when when did you start want to go and wanting to go down this path? You know, honestly, I was born. Wait and, a minute, she's not like she's a hooker or something for guys. Uh, go down uh, this path. Yeah. What do you mean go down this path? The path <laughs> is a proud woman. Goodness sakes! No, I um I actually was born, and I I have realized this and come to realize this over the years more and more that I was born into a rather unusual environment. Um, I was only I only probably had set foot in a church maybe two or three times because uh, you know funerals or something. Mm -hmm. But my mother um, was very is very interested in the occult. Always had tarot, astrology, uh, Crowley, Dion Fortune, a lot of um, t you know time travel and past life regression and and ah. books of this nature and. 
as and I began to read at a very young age. And so two things kind of happened at the same time. I mean, I remember being very young, like three, four years old, picnicking in cemeteries. We would frequently do that and walk <laughs> around and look at all the names. And Aww. so that was that was very normal. Uh-huh. Um, all of my sisters and I have memories of like, you know, having salami sandwiches on a grave. So yeah. it was just like <laughs> <laughs> quite normal. Um, and oh, yeah. I still love doing that to this day. And just, you know, it's such a, as you know, as fans of it, it's cemetery tripping and everything that just, you learn so much about hidden history, people's names, who the streets are named after. And also you learn a lot about a culture, how they, how they treat their dead, right? You really can kind of figure out what a community is all about based on the, the, the level of care in a, in a graveyard or, or, um, mausoleum or whatever. But anyway, so I just, you know, I just had a few experiences as a young kid and a mom that was open to it. And, you know, we had a, had a Ouija board pretty young and uh, just kind of a lot of dabbling in that. And then two things kind of happened at the same time. Uh, We, we moved out of, I was lived, we lived in the San Francisco Bay area. My mom was a San Francisco native. I lived there as a child. We moved up into this very rural, very isolated part of Northern California where we did not have, um, we didn't have running water. We didn't have electricity. My parents still do not have conventional electricity. Hippies. I love it. And, um, Somewhere there's the, the area is interesting. It's it's hippies and um, like a lot of vets, Vietnam vets that just don't want to have anything to do with society, and they sort oh, of co mingle wow. this very interesting way. And that's yeah. exactly what my family was. My dad is a Vietnam veteran. My mom, a sort of magical child of you know Aquarius, although probably not quite as as hippie as she would have liked to have been had she not had children. (laughs) (laughs) But we moved to this area. There's no electricity. There's no television. Um, We we don't even have a phone at first. And so I am dropped into what I consider like a magical fairy kingdom of (laughs) So that happens while the only entertainment is reading. And those two things really, like, I'm about seven, eight years old. And that, I think, really set the sort of, like, inner writer in me in motion. Um, And, yeah, and then just kind of kept going from there as I, the the town near where I grew up, there were a lot of very artsy people and a lot of um, sort of, you know, purple-haired um, disgruntled youth that I started hanging out with and it just sort of, you know, and then I moved to San Francisco and I think that that probably summarizes everything. <laughs> until that point. I found my people. No, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think that sounds uh, uh, like a really cool childhood. I mean, a lot of people would, would run screaming from it, but, uh, I think it sounds incredibly cool and contributed so much to the person you are and, uh, you know, just just your overall thought process and, and everything. I, I think it's great. Uh, I feel very fortunate as I've, you know, stayed in, and I'm really probably the only one of my family members who's really stayed in the occult fields, I would say. Um, so my mom and I, uh, we, 
you know, some people call their mom and, and, you know, talk about the weather. And my mom and I talk about whether or not, you know, mycelium are actually fairy-like beings running <laughs> under the <laughs> surface of the earth. So. so so do you like contact her on the Ouija board? Or... Oh, that's oh no, no, no. Oh, we just, yes. You know, we just chat. We, we have a few things that we have said to each other over the years of like, um, you know, okay, so what are this, what are you going to, when you die, how am I going to know it's you? And it's hilarious because we finally, we finally settled on these two things that would happen specifically. And then she completely you forgot. You do that. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to do that with my kids. Yeah. yeah like I'll, yeah. that can haunt you. And this is how you'll know it's me. And she had completely forgotten our pact the last time I talked to her. But <laughs> <laughs> she's volunteered to be my note taker. Should I return to Ireland for pirate research? She has, she has very graciously. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. That's right. That's... She could uh, automatically write these books for you. Yeah. Like uh, a... patience worth it. You know? Patience worth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We could, we could channel. Um, it's so interesting. I was having a conversation about channeling this morning with my neighbor of all people. Um, <laughs> you know, what I love is when you kind of bring these topics up and you learn that people that you had no idea had any interest are actually like, Oh yeah, I listened to that show. And Oh yeah. I, I, I saw a UFO and you know, it's just like, Oh, cool. I'm glad you feel that you can tell me that. <laughs> so I, I want to know oh, they that. Trust you. They trust you. Oh, that's, that's so funny because that's totally something that I would do with my kids and say, all right, so this is going to happen, you know, after I, I kick the bucket and, right. and, Alexis will be all over it and she'll be like, Oh, it's mom. It's mom. And my son will completely deny it. Nope. That now, didn't have just you happen. told them specific things that you want to try and do. Cause we're just guessing that we actually can control that. Right. 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 No, well, we haven't gotten into anything specific, yeah. but I need to and I have code for that. Yeah. Do. Oh, you yeah. do. But can you not, re can you tell us what it is? No, we can't. Cause then it'd be no good. Of course not. Oh no. yeah. That's it's like, sealed. Like it's sealed. Some and, of your uh, wishes. Yep, it's sealed, and upon my death, it gets uh, her death, it gets mailed, and then oh. to oh. a third source, and there you go. Hey, listen, you better mail one of those to me. That's my nope. Come on. Nope. I'll know it's you because it'll just be something cantankerous. Something so. annoying. Yes, I know. Something really <laughs> annoying. And I'll be like, Ron. Who's this annoying crap. ghost? Oh, it's Ron. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how how I just love that idea though. There's. Just on the, um, we were talking about channeling, and there's that fantastic story about the woman um, Emily Grant Hutchings, who channeled this like supposedly this lost novel of Mark Twain. Yes. Oh, right. The best part about that story is not the story itself, um, nor is it really the fact that they fashioned this. Um, Ouija board to be a typewriter. I mean, that in itself is pretty amazing. But there are all these great uh, quotes that she has in there that she says are from Twain. Mm -hmm. And one of the things um, she's so so they take the Ouija board and, you know, they're going like word by word by word, her a medium and her husband is sometimes helping and they are transcribing this epic novel. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, one of them. Uh, he, 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 Twain's ghost, right? He spells out something like parenthetical statement, 
Like I meant that as a parenthetical statement. So they actually put, they, they take ink and she describes it in the intro. They take ink and they paint on parentheses and semicolons and uh, hyphens and dashes and all of these wonderful things. And they make this sort of like psychic typewriter, right? <laughs> and he, there's a couple of quotes where she says, Twain, Twain asks her to um, do something, put to move the semicolon up to the corner of the board because he runs at it and he seems to keep missing it. <laughs> but then there's another time where he says, um, it's very crowded here. Oh. And she said, oh, are there many of you there? And he said, Every, everyone here wants a scribe on earth. Oh. And it just was like this wonderful depiction. Like immediately you're just thinking of like, you know, the Beetlejuice waiting room or like right. all these, Oh God, no. Antagoras <laughs> ghosts elbowing each other to get through to the medium to right. tell their message, which was the heart of spiritualism itself, right? Oh. That right. ghosts actually have these divine messages for us and that they can direct our lives in a positive way by telling us or negative way by telling us these messages and the idea that they're sort of like, you know, just, I imagine it's like a, like a crowded bar or something with like all <laughs> sort of see-through characters kind of, uh, it's just a great, it just evokes such a wonderful, oh, wonderful so image. Yeah, Elbow up to the bar, belly up to the bar. <laughs> oh, get out of the way, Mark. <laughs> Get out of here, Samuel. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the, the greatest part about that, I've probably told this story before, but the greatest part about that whole thing is that then, in addition to that great mind, then the book itself gets um, published and uh, Samuel Clemens' daughter and, uh, their, and his publisher get wind of it. And I really love this. And they demand that it be taken down and, and destroyed because it's actually, they say it's copyright infringement. Yeah. And it ends up going all the way to the Supreme Court. And there's this great old headline from like 1916 or 1915. And it says, um, uh, ghost book heads to the Supreme Court or something like that. And it's not because uh, whether or not it was actually channeled by Twain or anything like that. It's that she used, though she used Mark Twain. And Mark Twain, his pen name was copyrighted and the copyright was held by the publisher. Uh, there you go. And they, and they had to destroy the book. Oh. And so that's why many of us have never heard of it. And the way I actually found it and read it originally um, on the Gut in the Gutenberg Library, which is a wonderful resource for finding old public domain works. And because what they do is they scan, um, it's you know a volunteer organization, and they scan um, books. I know, and wow. so. So we know a few copies survived because there's this scanned copy on the Gutenberg. And so it's this dream of mine to be, I don't know where, St. Louis, it seems like you'd be, or maybe Connecticut in an old, at a, at a yard sale or something, <laughs> on a copy of Jap Haron, like an actual published copy before it was destroyed. Maybe an advanced reader's copy. <laughs> oh, there you go. oh, wow. I went, so I use work a lot because um, I do uh, um, public access TV, uh, archive.org. So I think that's also connected to the Gutenberg 
uh, library because you can get books on there too. Oh, Goodberg's wonderful because you can go on there and it's it's um, there. There's always new things added. So the only thing about it is that. If you find something that you really like to read on there, I always recommend you can download it right to like if you have an e-reader or to your library, your desktop. I mean, they take up some space because they're PDFs, mm -hmm. but I always recommend to people, um, unless it's a very common book or a well-known book, to download it or keep a copy of it, which is, again, it's all public domain, so this is actually legal. This is right. pirating. Um, right. but because they, it does change and they only have so many works on there. So if you really like something and you want to read it later, but, um, the fun thing is you can go on there and you can type in ghost or you can type in, um, Ouija. That's mm -hmm. what I did. That's how I found that. That was a novel written in Ouija. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <sighs> um, you can type in, probably go in and type in pirate. You have to sift through a lot of stuff. Like, right. you know, you go in and type in fairy and you get a lot of things. But if you type in changeling or puka, you might get nothing. Uh, but it's really interesting. And it's a great way to direct you toward works also that you might want to purchase or find other works by the, uh, by the author. So that's an online resource I really, really enjoy using. Wow. Good to know. Gutenberg Library. Yes. Library. Fabulous. Yeah. Is that dot com, dot org, dot government? I think it's dot org. I believe I it's Gutenberg.org. It's org. org. Yeah. Look it up, Ron. <laughs> oh, oh, at two. <laughs> Do as I say, <laughs> not as I am. <laughs> but anyway, well, it's, it's great. I know we are winding down towards the end. So any new projects, we talked about that a little bit. Your books. Want to give us your books again, Viola? Oh, sure. Well, I have, you can visit my, my website, my, um, that'll do it too. Uh, VarlaVentura.net. So that's V A R L A V E N T U R A.net. And it has my books on there, but we have fairies, pukas, and changelings. Varla Ventura's Paranormal Parlor with a story by Ron. Um, <laughs> of the Bazaar, Bazaar, <laughs> Banshees, Werewolves, and, uh, banshees, werewolves, vampires, and other creatures of the night, and of course, among the mermaids. So I have very long book titles. People um, sometimes get confused by them. Uh, um, yeah, and you can find them there. I, I have a Facebook page that I keep up fairly regularly. That's all right. Do about Pizza of the Dead's here, so we're all right. Mm. Gonna wrap it up. Dead pizza. Yeah. Pizza. <laughs> Cold pizza, excellent. Anyway, uh, cold. Of course, it's cold. <laughs> oh, Ron, guess what I made tonight? Stone, pizza? Stone cold pizza. Oh, no. kid, oh, get, get out of here, American chop suey. Yes, sir. Oh, screw you. Ah, <laughs> sorry. I would save you something if I was going to see you. Oh, oh. Sorry. That's funny. Yeah, I've been thinking so about that so much. Oh, are I'm you so all, you're all still on pretty much lockdown over there, huh? Have you guys seen each other? Probably not for quite some time because uh, all the events months, things are. Months. months. Yeah, That's we are just February. Tight for Halloween. Mm. Oh man. Uh, we, we I just know. started our, our uh, red light seances yeah. back again enough to. Oh, you did. Yes, yeah, so we've been doing six religiously for six years. And then uh, the the virus hit, so we had to stop. I think we missed two months, so we're back at it. Uh, small group, max. It's it's good, still good. Great core group, perfect. 
Anyways, we're gonna go follow. You want to thank? Thank you so much for having me. A lovely chat. It's just always nice to catch up with you guys. Oh, it it was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) Well, I'll talk to you maybe closer to Halloween. (gasps) Yes. Sure. Yeah. I think it's Saturday and it's a full moon. It is. Yes, it is. Lord help us, right? Anything you get new, just you know, pop me a line, or if you get something you want to pimp, let me know, and uh, (laughs) we'll get you on. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for for joining us tonight. It's been a blast. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. All right, today's show brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts. And, of course, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. Great group. Anyways, we want to thank everybody. Stay safe and God bless. And everybody. Thanks for listening. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good Lord.